We are in Jonah, chapter 1, still. <clears throat> Jonah, chapter 1. Jonah has run from the Lord. He's boarded the ship, uh, headed for Tarshish, verse 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. Jonah was gone down... <clears throat> Uh, into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, Every one to his fellow, Come, uh, uh, come and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? Why, what is thy country? And of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Uh, then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And, and he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, uh, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to, to the land, but they could not. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for your word. And, and God, I pray uh, for the filling of your Holy Spirit tonight. Help me to uh, preach and teach the message which uh, you've laid on my heart tonight from the scriptures. And Father, just help us to learn uh, from uh, your word some things that we can consider going through the storms of life. And, and Father, I pray that uh, you'd be at least in the nursery and, and fill it with your spirit, uh, watching the children. And thank you for the good services this morning. What a pleasure and privilege, dear God, to be here this morning in your, in your house and here this evening as well in your house, dear God. We thank you and we praise you. We thank you for those that are here with us online. And, and, uh, and Father, pray that as your word goes forth, that that your Holy Spirit would, would use your sword, uh, dear God, to speak to every heart. And, 
and to draw us closer to you. We pray always that your word would go forth here uh, to save souls and to change lives and to help uh, all of us that are born again, that are changed by the power of your spirit, um, to take time to be holy and, and to draw nearer uh, to you and to be more like you. And Father, it's what we pray. Help us and, and give us uh, the victories, Lord, that we need to glorify your name. Father, we pray, we ask these things in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You might want to put one finger in Acts chapter 27 tonight. We're going to be going back and forth between Jonah 1 and Acts chapter 27 tonight. Acts 27. All right. Now, one thing's for sure. We're going to face storms in life. And in Acts chapter 27, we just read about the storm that Jonah was in. And uh, in Acts uh, chapter uh, 27, we're going to see that the apostle Paul himself is in a storm as well. And there are very uh, many uh, parallels and likenesses here. And, of course, very many differences um, as well as we look at these, these two storms. And uh, uh, it's interesting, uh, many years ago, uh, more than I'll tell, in high school, I did a book report on uh, Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities. remember very little about it. I remember a little kid named Pip and all, and all that, but don't remember much about it. But uh, I was thinking of the message tonight. We might call it A Tale of Two Seas. A tale of two seas. The difference, the thing we need to be careful about is uh, this is not uh, fiction. Uh, this is history. Uh, and we're going to learn from these storms. By the way, storms are going to come. And when we look at these two storms, we understand uh, something from the context that one man, it seems, was in the will of God. Uh, the other man was not in the will of God. And what we want to consider, looking at these storms tonight and the circumstances around them and how the people are impacted is, we need to decide and be uh, resolved that when the storms come, we want to be found in the will of God. Uh, we, want, we want to be in the will of God because the storms will come. And uh, they may come just as a test. They may come uh, as chastening. Uh, in, in the case of Jonah. But we want to make those as few as possible, amen? And we want to certainly be found uh, in, in the will of God regarding, uh, regarding the storm. So we'll make some comparisons here between uh, Jonah's storm and the apostle Paul's storm. Uh, in uh, Acts chapter 27 and verse 14, we read about Paul's storm. Now, uh, Paul is now a prisoner. He is aboard a ship. They are heading uh, towards Rome. Uh, they plan to sail along the south uh, coast of Asia. Uh, but the, the, the storm, the winds were uh, brewing up, and uh, they couldn't head into the winds. So they, in Paul's journey, they headed almost due south 
to go uh, on the south side of the island of Crete and try to get out of some of that wind and, uh, and progress forward. And uh, so they did that. They uh, went, uh, went south and were going south along Crete. And about halfway, they came to a place called Fair Havens. And they were considering uh, wintering there until uh, the seas would be safe to sail again. Uh, but the more part didn't want to do that because it didn't have enough, uh, wasn't luxurious or something. They wanted to be in a better place. So they wanted to go uh, a little farther west uh, to the end of the island and to a port uh, that was called Phoenix, and they wanted to winter there. And it was right on the edge of the island, so it, so it, it, it was both north and, and south on the island, but on the very west side, it was right on the edge. So they set out to do that thinking that they were going to get there because the south wind blew. In other words, it was coming from the south, blowing the ship right toward the island, which was safe because they could tack against that and safely go along the island there until they got out. But as they got moving, what happened? The storm blew up and, uh, and, and uh, pulled, the, pulled them away from the island there. And uh, we pick it up in verse 14. But not long after, there arose against it a, a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we, we let her drive. And running around under a certain island called Clauda, we had much work to come by, by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strake sail, and uh, so were driven. Being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast uh, out with our own hands the, tackle, uh, uh, of the, the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. That sounds like the storm we just read about, doesn't it? This storm with, uh, with, uh, with, with, with Jonah. And his storm, that great, that great wind came into the sea. The Lord sent out a great wind, verse 4. A mighty tempest in the sea. The sea was tempestuous, we read there in Paul's storm. Uh, the mariners were afraid. What did they do in verse 5? The, they cast forth the wares uh, that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. And so we find Paul and those doing that, doing the same thing uh, in their storm. A great, a great storm in each case. Both Jonah's. And, uh, and, and Paul's. And so uh, we make that comparison there. And uh, moving along in this comparison, I want to ask four questions about each uh, person and the storm they're in. Uh, we're going to look at Jonah's storm. We're going to ask, where was Jonah? What was he doing? How was he summoned? And what was his testimony? And remember, Jonah's out of the will of God. Paul's in the will of God. We'll ask the same questions of Paul in his storm and make those comparisons. So as we think about this storm, where was Jonah? Well, where did they find him? Uh, Every man cries unto his God, verse 5. They cast forth the wares in the ship, the middle of the verse, to light it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay, and he was fast asleep. He was fast asleep. That's where he was. So he was fast asleep. Now, uh, what, what was he doing? Where was Jonah? He was down in the ship. He was fast asleep. How was he summoned? Well, Look at verse 6. The shipmaster comes to him. 
What meanest thou, O sleeper? Now remember, these are heathen people. What are they doing up there on the ship? They're praying to their gods. <laughs> what is this prophet of God doing? He's sleeping. He's not praying. What meanest thou, O sleeper? What are you about, you slumberer? Uh, Brother Chris, I was talking about how we, 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 are, we are children of light. We are supposed to be watching. We are not supposed to be among those that what? Sleep and slumber, though we can, can't we? We see that in the Bible. We can sleep and slumber like a lost person if we follow our fallen nature. <laughs> they say, where, 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 you know, what, what meanest thou, O sleeper? So he's summoned uh, by these heathen. And frankly, uh, you know, they're, they're the ones that cast lots and find, out, and find out it's Jonah. What an amazing thing. Not a very good picture of where you'd want to be in a storm, is it? Uh, and what was his testimony? Uh, well, they, they come to him, they, they cast lots, verse 7. That we may know for whose cause this is. They cast lots, it fell upon Jonah. Tell us, we pray thee, what cause this evil is upon us, verse 8. What is an occupation? Whence comest thou? What's thy country? What people art thou? He said, he said, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which had made the sea and the dry land. Uh, then were the men exceedingly afraid. Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So what was his testimony? Uh, Jonah, Jonah's testimony was that he had what? That he had fled uh, that he had fled from the Lord. So let's make this comparison uh, with the Apostle Paul. The storm comes. Where is the Apostle Paul? The Bible says, but in verse 21, but after long abstinence, in Acts 27, Paul stood forth in the midst of them. So he, he stood forth, so perhaps he was sitting apart somewhere before he stood forth. It seems he was just separated, being quiet, not, not saying much, just kind of staying out of the picture. Kind of Jonah was kind of out of sight in the ship there. Uh, so Paul also was away in, in a sense, he, he, but he stands forth in the midst of them. And he says, Sirs, you should have, should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. In verse, uh, 20, in verse uh, 21 there. Now I exhort you, be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. What was Jonah doing? Backslidden, running Jonah, running from God, chapter 1, remember? He was sleeping through the storm. He was prayerless. What was the, the apostle Paul? Running with God. What was he doing at the time? Obviously, he was praying. Obviously, he was communing with God. God had been speaking with him. He had been speaking with him. Uh, we think about the apostle, about the apostle Paul uh, and Jonah. How was Jonah summoned? The heathen came and had to wake him out of sleep. 
Why? Because he was prayerless and running from God. How was the apostle Paul uh, uh, summoned? <laughs> he was summoned by the Lord. The Lord came and talked to him. And by the way, while Jonah was sleeping fast, Paul was standing forth. Amen. And why was that? That was because he was in prayer. He was in communion with God. You see, he was ready for that storm uh, because, God was, because God was with him. And what a blessing. Uh, what a blessing. Uh, so what, what, a, what a difference in the way that they were summoned. Jonah no doubt being ashamed uh, uh, of, of his situation and the apostle Paul being able to use and give testimony to God and by the way uh, what was the testimony of each in, in each case well the apostle Paul's testimony was in, found in verse 23 there he says for there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve did you get that it's my God, and by the way, he's, uh, I'm his and he's mine, and I'm serving him. I'm with him. The Apostle Paul, uh, in, his, in his trial, in his struggle, in his storm, the Apostle Paul was privileged to confess his faith uh, in God. He said, therefore, in verse 25, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. What a wonderful privilege to confess that. But what happened to Jonah? What was his confession in the midst of his storm, which was a storm of chastisement? Uh, what was, his, what was his, his confession? Well, <clears throat> verse 12, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake... This great tempest is upon you. What a difference. <laughs> what a difference. You see, while the Apostle Paul was privileged to confess his faith in God because he was walking with God in this storm, Jonah was pressed to confess, to confess his flight from God. <laughs> he was running from God, you see. And God brought him to a place where he, where he actually had to confess that. <laughs> Or where it poured out. I don't know about you. Which would you rather? I'd rather in the midst of a storm find a privilege, uh, the privilege to witness for God. Amen. And show some faith. And not have to confess that, well, I'm in the midst of running from God right now. And maybe that's why this is upon us. I wouldn't want to be found there. You see the difference in the storms? What a great difference in these two storms as we think about this. The one running from God, the other uh, in, in the will of God. <clears throat> and then think about this. What influence did uh, each have on their shipmates? What influence did Jonah have on his shipmates in this backslidden situation? Well, verse 10. Then were the men, what? Exceedingly afraid and said unto him, why hast thou done this? <laughs> I mean, they were scared to death being on board ship with Jonah. Uh, what, uh, we, we wouldn't want to be an influence in that way. What influence did the Apostle Paul, when he gave his confession, have on those that were his shipmates in his storm? The one who was 
whom, who was serving God. Well, Paul said to them in verse 22, Acts 27, Now I exhort you, be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, What? Fear not. Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, here it is. God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. <laughs> so he's been praying. And we understand from that and from reading the rest of the context that God wasn't going to let any of them die physically is what he's talking about there. So Paul, right, Paul says, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God it shall be even as it was told me. Amen. Amen. But you know, the storm went on for 14 more days. And they threw stuff out of the ship. And all hope was lost that they'd be saved. And some of the, the, some of the sailors aboard the ship sauntered over to where the, uh, where the boat was tied to the ship, the, the escape boat there, the rowboat, the whatever it was, along, hooked, on, hooked along the ship there. And they made like they were going to uh, uh, do some work on hoist it up or something, but they were, gonna, they were going to go down and escape in that little boat. The apostle Paul saw that, and he said to the centurion and to the soldiers in Acts 27, 31, except these, those sailors trying to escape, abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. <laughs> Those guys don't stay in here. You're going, we're going, you're going down with the ship. So what do the soldiers do? They cut the boat off and let it go away. Then the soldiers cut the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take some meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that ye have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. And there, here it is. Then were they all, what's it say? Of good cheer. <laughs> of good cheer. And they also took some meat. Wow. What was the influence of Jonah? The one running from God? They were in dreaded fear that when, they, when they were his, his, his shipmates. But what was Paul's? <laughs> oh, they were pretty fearful, but they got comforted. They got comforted because the apostle Paul's, uh, it was, a, was serving God. And, that, and he was with God, had God's grace and God's strength in that storm. One other thing we'll consider about the comparison of these two storms. What was the result of each storm what was the result of each storm what shall we do unto thee verse 11 they said to Jonah the sea may be calm unto us for the sea wrought was tempestuous verse 12 take me up cast me forth into the sea so shall the sea be calm unto you for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you nevertheless the men rode hard to bring it to land but they could not. The sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. They cried unto the Lord, We beseech thee, let, not, let us not perish for this man's life. Lay not innocent blood upon us, uh, lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as thou please. They took up Jonah, cast him forth into the sea. The sea ceased from her raging, 
Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. The Lord prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. You see, God was after Jonah because Jonah was running from God. And the the lesson before this on Jonah, we were careful to examine God's love for Jonah and how that God was after Jonah too in salvation, wasn't he? And God made a great sacrifice by becoming a man and coming down on the earth to die for Jonah and for everyone in this whole world. Amen. So we didn't want to be, uh, try to be hard on God thinking he's severe as seeking Jonah. No one showed a greater love to Jonah than God did. No one showed greater sacrifices for Jonah than God did. And Jonah belonged to God. And yes, God was seeking him in severity to bring his prophet back. He was bringing that chastisement upon him. Now think about this storm. Think about this storm. Though all the men rode, though the boat remained intact, nothing could keep Jonah from from the chastisement God had prepared for him that he would be thrown into the waters. They did all they could do. It could not be stopped. And in he went. And those waters weren't calmed. What? Until God had Jonah right where he wanted them. Amen? And it didn't matter what the circumstances, all the the things that tried to prevent God from, quote unquote, getting Jonah. (laughs) He was going to get him. And by the way, that was for Jonah's best, wasn't it? (laughs) And you know, when God comes after us in chastisement, he's going to get us, okay? He's going to get us. It's going to come. And if we'll yield to that chastisement, see, part of Jonah's problem was he held on to an attitude for quite a while. We'll see that yet. Best thing to do in the midst of our chastisement is what? Repent and receive it. Amen. You read about it, you'll find mercies even during chastisement. That's what David did, by the way. He gladly accepted his chastisements. Remember when, uh, what's his name, was throwing the stones at him? Joab said, Let's, let us go over there and take off his head. Or Abishai, one of the guys with David, he's cursing the king. You know what David said? Let him curse. God told him to. This is part of my chastisement for my sins. I'll receive it. They wanted to bring the ark out with David. David said, take it back to the city. If God still wants to, he's chastening me right now. If God still wants to use me, he'll bring me back. Take it back to the sea. That's what they did. So what did David do? He repented in his heart. He understood that repentance and getting right with God didn't mean that God would always remove the consequences. He understood that. And when, it came, and when they came his way, he, grac- he graciously received them. And we know our Bibles, he found mercy during his chastisements, didn't he? He did. What was the result of Paul's storm? Verse 27 and verse, or chapter 27, verse 41. Falling into a place where the two seas met, they, uh, they ran the ship aground, and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable. 
but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. The soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land and the rest some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship and so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land all safe to land all 276 of the people aboard all escaped safe to land the ship was torn and broken up with the violence of the waves they were all eventually cast into the sea or cast themselves into the sea and not one of them drowned <laughs> not one and why is that because it came to pass that there would be no stopping the will of God it didn't matter how, how much the boat was tore apart. It didn't matter how many fell into the sea. If God says, I'm going to get them all to land, he'll get them all to land. Amen. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And so what a difference. Uh, what a difference uh, in, in, these, in these two. And the comparison uh, of, uh, uh, of these two storms <clears throat> between the Apostle Paul uh, uh, and Jonah. And, you know, the interesting thing is, as we look at it, God got, got glory from both storms, didn't he? Uh, we want to give God glory from our lives. And I believe God will work to get glory from our lives. But there are multiple ways he can get glory from our lives, isn't there? You know, I think about Samson. And God told Sam, God uh, said, said about, Sam, about Samson that he shall begin to deliver Israel. He was one of the judges. And we know about Samson. He, 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 he didn't walk with God. He lived to please his flesh. But you know what? Everywhere Samson went, you found dead Philistines. <laughs> Why? Because God was using him for a purpose despite his disobedience. <laughs> He's going to begin to deliver Israel from the Philistines. And by the way, that's exactly what he did. <laughs> because he killed more Philistines, what? In his death when he took his own life. And by the way, out of the kind of his own revenge. He took his own life. He killed more Philistines then than his whole life. And God, you know, God, God got, got, glory, got glory out of that. Uh, and we see that. But I tell you, uh, God got glory out of this. These men made vows and they recognized that this Lord, this, this God, this God of Israel is a mighty and powerful God. I'm not saying that, you know, we don't know if they became monotheistic or not, but I tell you what, uh, they, they paid some attention to the God of Jonah. <laughs> and God got some glory. And uh, got some glory out of Jonah's failures. Uh, I'll bet if Samson could do it over again. I bet he'd be like a Gideon. I bet we'd have found him gathering some faithful Israelites. And saying listen God's called me to begin to deliver Israel. 
And he might have gone forth in faith and led, and led maybe even a small army like Gideon. Maybe just, you know, what, what, 300 men to great victories against the Philistines. Who knows how it worked out if Samson wasn't just all about himself. And you know what? I'll bet if he could do it over, you know, I bet he'd do it differently. Amen. I bet he'd do it differently. And uh, I think about, about Zacharias when he went into that temple during the time when the Lord was soon to be born. And the angel Gabriel came in there and spoke to him and told him his wife Elizabeth who had been barren and they were now both uh, elderly. And the angel Gabriel told him that, he was gonna, that she was going to bear a child. And he said, how shall this be? And he didn't really have a right to ask that knowing that God had done that before. And being a priest, he should have exercised faith. Uh, God had worked that miracle before. So what did the angel do? He chastened him. And, his, and what happened? His voice was taken away. And he couldn't speak until you know, the time came that Elizabeth you know, had, had the son. And they had him in the temple and were, and were, and were, and were going to name him. Then, his, then, his, then his, his mouth was opened up. And he gave God glory. But you know what? I bet if Zacharias could do it all over again, <laughs> I, bet he, I bet he'd have done like, like Mary and said, behold, uh, behold, the servant of the Lord, here I am. Thank you, God, that you're going to give my wife this son, this forerunner of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And he'd have went out and pronounced that, and God would have got glory. I bet if Zacharias could do it over again, he would. Amen. Well, guess what? We're still on our turn, amen? <laughs> and we want to do things right. We want to be found obedient in the midst of those trials. And as we walk with the Lord, He'll give that strength. And we will have opportunity, like the Apostle Paul, to confess the Lord in the midst of the trials, the storm. We'll have opportunity to be a comfort to others, like the Apostle Paul was in the midst of that storm rather than a fear to those that are around us we uh, will be able to see God's deliverance deliverance in the, in the idea that we won't have that we won't have to sin or, or get angry at God get crossways with God in the midst of our trials no we'll, we'll be able to rejoice we'll still be able to sing praises like Paul and Barnabas uh, we'll still be able to go forward and serve God. Why? Because we're looking to Him for that strength. That, that's not in us. Uh, uh, apart from the Holy Spirit, folks, that's not in us. But it is in us. In the Holy Spirit. And we can yield to that. And know that working in our own hearts and lives. And, uh, you know, when the Spirit works through you, it just bring, it, what, it work, it brings thanks to God. Because you recognize it's Him that did that. Tim that gave me that strength. We're asking for it. We're praying for it. We're looking for it. Then it comes. It's Tim. Amen. And we ought to realize that. And that gives glory to God. Uh, may God help us uh, be found as servants. Speaking with Him uh, in the midst of our storms. Whatever they might be now and in the days to come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for your goodness and blessings. And Lord... Uh, you are sovereign, you are
all-powerful. Uh, you control all things. And, and Lord, uh, we're thankful that you have recorded these things in history so that we can be in awe. We can see the terrible things which you've done in righteousness uh, all throughout uh, this blessed book. And Father, uh, we all can look to answered prayer. Uh, we can look to times when we've messed up and sinned and you've chastened us. Thankfully, God, we can look the times you've forgiven us as we've confessed and repented. And you've met so many need, needs and given so many deliverances in so many ways. Lord, that indeed are wonderful. And I pray that you'd help us by your grace to experience uh, those, Father, and, uh, and not to be a people that would need to be continually chastened, need to be a people that, uh, that would yield to the drawing away of our own flesh and of the world, God, that we, but that we would be among those who would resist the devil, seek you and submit ourselves to you that, that he might flee from us. Father, uh, give us victories in that. Uh, in, in the time that you give us, we do pray uh, for our good and for your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.